0: The following message was recorded at Fountain of Life Fellowship in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, visit www.folfcrc.com. Again, our, our passage today is Philippians 2, verses 19 to 30. Let's hear from God's Word. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, that you may rejoice at seeing him again, and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking
1: in your service to me. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. You know, it's such a great joy to be with everyone today. The progressive dinner was so awesome, wasn't it? That deserves another round of applause. Thank you, everybody. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we are your children, and we have been made your children because of the work that the Lord Jesus did on the cross for our sins. We all have certain burdens. We all have certain tendencies. Lord, but we all come before you right now to lay those before you, asking you to cleanse our minds and prepare our hearts as we receive your word today. Lord, I pray because this work is way above me to give to your people your word. I just pray, Lord, that we would hear it, we would adopt these qualities that we will see today, all for your glory, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. What kind of people do you find to be worthy of imitation? I'll say it again. What kind of people do you find worthy of imitation? Are they, the, are they the kind of people to have successes in business? Are they the kind of people who are healthy and in shape? Are they the kind of people who have good morals and a good family lifestyle? The people you find worthy of imitation means you are willing to change your lifestyle to match theirs. You will find it necessary to make sacrifices to achieve the very things they have achieved and are living for. Your in, your intentions will ultimately match their intentions. So in our text today the apostle Paul tells us who we are to find worthy of imitation. And I hope we will find and adopt these qualities as our own. We are continuing our study in the book of Philippians. And today we will wrap up chapter 2. And just a quick recap of chapter 2. Um, it's a sort of theme. Um, Humility in community for unity. Humility in community for unity. That was the theme of chapter two. And this is our key, this is the key verse for the whole chapter, if you would take a look in Philippians chapter two, verses three to four. Paul writes, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interest but also to the interest of others. And then Paul, in that same section, talks about Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Well, he set aside his glory. He took on flesh. He became a man. And then he went to the point of death. And then from the point of death, he died a certain death that's very humiliating, the cross. And then he was buried. So this God, who was equal to God... Didn't hold on to that, but he put on flesh, and now he's buried. And so then he raises from the dead. And God has given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So after giving us this awesome hymn, this rich hymn, he tells us, to work out this salvation, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because God is working in you to achieve these, these qualities, this humility that Jesus has. God is doing this inside of you. So therefore, with fear and trembling, work with Him. Don't don't be grumbling. Don't look like the world who is twisted and crooked. Be of one mind, be of one body, be unified. And so today we're going to look at two examples that Paul wants to send to the church who are living this Christian life. We have two examples. So in our text today, we're going to see three things. We're going to see the command. Then we're going to see the examples. Then we will see the motivation. The command, the examples, and the motivation. So please... Look at verse 29 in our text today. Paul writes, So receiving him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. Receive him in the Lord with all joy and honor such men. So first of all, receiving. Now, this was a hard one to translate from the Greek to English because when you look at the word, there's so many different ways to use the word receive. What does does he mean to receive? We came up with a definition to show affectionate, loyal, welcome to someone. It's also the idea of looking forward or longing to be with, to wait on. It's the same word that the Pharisees use against Jesus when they say, he receives sinners and eats with them. Isn't it awesome that Jesus received sinners and would eat with us? It's the same word. Paul's giving it as a command. Receive him in the Lord with all joy. And then the second word we're going to unpack is honor. Well, what does honor mean? Honor means to hold in high regard. To find find that person worthy of imitation. That's our two commandments. And now we're going to, then he writes, honor such men, right? And this is not men as a biological man. This is men as people. And so we're going to see the examples now. So that was the command. Paul tells the church, receive and honor such men. Well, what does that mean? Who are such men? What are you talking about? What, What qualities do they have? And the first one he gives us is Timothy. Timothy. Timothy has a a few titles in the Bible. When the Bible writes about Timothy, it writes this He reminds of the way of Christ, He establishes and exhorts in the faith. He genuinely is concerned for your welfare, He doesn't seek His own interest. He serves Paul in the gospel and even God's co-worker in the gospel. That's how the Bible talks about Timothy. So when a church is in trouble, Paul says, I'm going to send you Timothy. He's a prime example of what it means to be Christ-like. So number one, I want us to look at his inward qualities. His inward qualities. He writes, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. So that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So Timothy doesn't seek Timothy's interests. His interests are aligned with Christ's interests for Christ's people. He's, in the, he's of the same mind with Christ. And so what is one of Christ's interests? Um. We will see it in John chapter 17 if you can take a look. This is Jesus praying to his father right before he was crucified, and he has a prayer for us, the people who will believe the apostles, the, the, their word because of the apostles' word. So this is what he says, verse 20, I do not ask for these only, those are the disciples who were immediately with him then, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's us, right? Amen. That they may all, what? Be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they, that they also may be in us, so that, why? The world, what? May believe that you have sent me. Hmm. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, That they may be one, even as what? We are one. The way Jesus and the Father, the Son and the Father are one, he's praying that we would be like that. I in them, and you in me, that they may become what? Do you see a theme? Perfectly one. So that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as what? Jesus is praying for unity among his believers, among his disciples. He's praying that God will just have everybody one, the same way that he is one with the Father. That same unity he has with the Father, he's praying for us. And so that's his interest for the church. And Timothy shares that same interest. He is genuinely concerned for the church and their unity. We could take a moment here, be like, and ask the question, do we share the same interests that Timothy shares with Jesus? do you are you genuinely concerned for your brothers and sisters? Would you put aside your own interests for the interests of others? That's Timothy's inward being. That's who he is. And notice that Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you, because right now Timothy is serving Paul, which leads me to the next quality, the outward quality, his, his faithfulness. Look what he writes in 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him just as soon as, as, as how I would see it go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I, sh- I shortly will come also. I myself will come also. Hmm. You know Timothy's proven worth. You've seen him. You've seen him how he served me. You've heard about him. I'm, I want to send him to you because not only is he genuinely concerned from the inside about you, but he's proven himself in that way. He is faithful. He is faithful to the what? To the work. He has served me in the what? In the gospel. So Timothy's inward quality, my, my own interests, I'm going to push to the side for the interests of others because that's what Christ is like. He set aside his interests for us. And he is faithful. He is a proven vessel, a proven worker for God's work. That's our first example. Our second example is Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Number one, this name is really hard, and I had to spend some time with it. But I noticed something. Commentators write that Epaphroditus has a pagan goddess name in there. Okay? Aphrodite. Love. Love. Uh, beauty, fertility. She is the sexual personification. She's the sexual personification. And so her name is in Epaphroditus' name. But what I've, one commentator writes, and I think it's so interesting, that there's no demand to change Epaphroditus' name. Why? Well, because there's an awareness that you are not a Christian because you have a Christian name. You are a Christian because you live the Christian lifestyle. So It's not about the name that you carry, but it's how you prove what is going on in you. You're working out your own salvation. Are you, like Timothy, you share the interests of others. You're genuinely concerned for them. You've proven your worth. So we have Epaphroditus, and he has seven uh, qualities or examples that Paul lists off for us. First of all, my brother. My brother. And I think it's more brotherly affection here. Yes, his brother in Christ. Christ has adopted him. Um, But it's like my brother, my bro. My bro. My man. Epaphroditus. He's a fellow worker. Number two, he's a fellow worker. Now that means that when Paul was starting the church, it's possible that he was helping Paul set up the church. It takes work to do that, and he was with Paul doing that. Number three, he's a fellow soldier, a fellow soldier. It could be that he was um, in the army because Philippi was the city of retired Roman soldiers. And so he might have been a soldier for, uh, for the Roman army. Now he's a soldier for the gospel. He's going to defend the gospel. He's going to go to battle over the gospel. That's the kind of man he is. Number three, your messenger He served his church. He traveled to Paul. He was bringing Paul a a gift basket with money and food and whatever Paul needs to uh, endure prison. And number minister to my needs, five. Minister to my needs. He was helping me. He was my helper. My helper. Now, six is a little, you have to kind of look into it. He has been longing for you. What does that mean? What kind of quality is a longing to be with somebody? He desires to be with the church. He loves his church. It's a quality. It's an example of a Christian living out the Christian life. He loves his church. And look, and he has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. Oh, no, I can't update my Facebook and let them know I'm okay. <laughs> I'm in prison. <laughs> and they heard that I'm sick. Ah, they, I want them to know so that they could be better. I'm concerned for their welfare. Yes, I'm sick, but they heard I was sick. I need them to know I'm okay so that they'll be okay. That's great love. And then Paul tells the church, indeed, he was ill. It says, near to death, near to death. But God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but on me also. Least I should have sorrow upon sorrow. So yeah, guys, he was ill. So why didn't you heal him, Paul? Right? The apostles have power of healing. I know I love it because he doesn't give us details about this healing. We don't know. I'm sure he prayed for him, and I'm sure Paul turned around and helped his brother out when he was sick. I'm sure that happened. It says that God had mercy on him. And there's just a beautiful balance, because you remember earlier, "For me to die is gain. But then he's hearing about his brother about to die, and what does he say? I'm going to lose my friend sorrow upon sorrow. It's a, it's a beautiful balance that the gospel has. It's a beautiful balance, say, so yes, we have lost loved ones. But we shouldn't We should be sorrowful when that happens. And then there's a, there's a weird thing that it's in us, but one day we'll see him again. I'm going to die and go to the Lord. But that may cause some of you to have sorrow. You may die and go to the Lord. Then I'm going to have sorrow, even though we both are going to be with the, with the Lord. I love Epaphroditus. Number, n- number seven. This is a unique one to him only in the Bible. Risking his life. to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Epaphroditus put his life on the line. Epaphroditus could have lost his life. For what kind of work? Could you look at verse 30 and tell me, he nearly died for the work of Christ. Epaphroditus almost died for the work of Christ, for his church That's Epaphroditus. We have He's living out this Christian life. And we see seven examples of the kind of person Epaphroditus is. Living out this Christian life. He's willing to fight for the gospel. He's, he's, he's willing to work to establish a church. He's, he's all in when it comes to his own life. Are we like that? Will, be, will we be willing to risk our life? For the work of Christ. I mean, he left his home. He didn't have a cell phone, he didn't have Facebook. He left his home to go serve Paul until Paul was done with him. And he did it joyfully. And then he became homesick because he loves his church. They heard he was ill. He wants to be with them so that they can be okay. Do we share those kind of qualities among us here? Yes, I, you know, and what's so amazing is that I think we do. A great number of us here in this church, I don't know if any who doesn't, that share these qualities. It is so beautiful. Like today, some of my friends heard I was preaching. I got hugs. I got encouragement. I got, you're going to be Okay. <laughs> It's so much great honor. And then yesterday at the, at the dinner, when we're sitting around the table and we're laughing and we're talking and we're just sharing this wonderful fellowship, I love being with God's people. Don't you? Amen. I love it. It's such a great joy. Now we have Paul, who doesn't talk about himself explicitly, but I want us to look at how he writes about his brothers. Look at the way he talks about them. He's giving them honor and honor and honor. Don't they look like superheroes, these guys? Willing to risk their life for the greater good, the church? That's what, how Paul writes. He writes about Timothy. He's genuinely concerned. You know, not only that, he, he shares Christ's interest for you. Epaphroditus, he's, I love him so much. He almost died, and I was going to lose it. But God had mercy on him. God had mercy on him. And so he's going to send Epaphroditus with this letter to the church and telling the church, you guys imitate Epaphroditus. Don't be embarrassed because he came early. That was probably one of the reasons why Paul told the church to receive him, because they might have been like, oh, no, we sent a weak servant to Paul who couldn't finish the work. And so Paul is telling them, no, copy him. Be like him. Be like Epaphroditus. So the way that Paul walked. And then look how Paul, he receives from Philippians their gift. And then look what he writes. In verse 28, read with me. I am the more eager to send him, therefore, why? That you may rejoice... At seeing him again, and I may I may be less anxious. So Epaphroditus was a helper to Paul, but Paul's concern is not about his welfare anymore. It's about the welfare of the church, so he gives up his own help for them. You see that? Paul sets aside his own welfare for the welfare of his church the church in Philippi. How do you do this? And now we hit the motivation. So we saw the command to receive and honor such people, people like Christ. These people represent Christ. Receive and honor those kind of people. Number two, we saw the examples of Timothy. We saw the examples of Epaphroditus. We saw the the short example of Paul. Now we need motivation to carry out this command. Again, Timothy, what was his motivation? What was his, what was he doing? What was he serving Paul with? He was serving him in the what? The gospel. And Epaphroditus nearly died for the work of Christ. Christ. I love this that Paul wasn't celebrating their achievements and how well they did in serving, but he celebrates their motivation. He celebrates their intention. They're like this, be like that. Let's go, uh, I'll just say it. We receive and honor those who are like Christ. Because we received and honor Christ, who by grace has received and honored us. That's why we do it. God, who emptied himself, he, he emptied himself, put on flesh, he went to the point of death. God going to the point of death, and then death on a cross, died and buried Us, why did Jesus die? He died for our sins that we've committed against God, all the hurt that we've caused God, all the disobedient things that we've done to God, all the slander, all the nonchalant push him to the side. I'm gonna do my own thing. Jesus comes down to die on a cross for those offenses. He set aside his glory. He set aside everything he had with the Father to come and serve us. Right? Didn't Jesus say, I didn't come to serve, but I didn't come to be served, but to serve? It's Christ's interest. He is unifying all of God's children, and He does so by His blood. Jesus died on the cross for us so that we all can be part of one body. Not two bodies, not three, but one body, a community. So here's the question. Number one, have you received Christ and honor him as Lord? And if you did so, Receive and honor those who are like Christ. Receive and honor Christ-like people. Why? Because by grace, not because of how good you are and how well you perform, but by grace, he has received and honored you. He has brought you in. He calls us co-heirs, calls us brothers and sisters, calls us family. Wow. So let's do that. Let's receive and honor those who are like Christ and remember because it's by grace Christ has received and honor us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the work that you have done that is so inspiring that brings motivation to us to do the same, that we would set aside our own interests, our own aspirations, and our own goals for the one goal that you have, which is to bring us all into one body. And you have done so by dying on the cross for our sins. So help us to remember these qualities and wanting to live them out and to let them become a reality in our life. Because, Lord, it brings you honor and glory Lord, we thank you for the privilege of having a church that is so amazing and the work that you have done in us and the work that you will continue to do in us and that you will not give up until it is completed. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We praise you. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening, and we invite you to visit us Sunday mornings here at Fountain of Life Fellowship. For more information, visit www.fountainoflife.org folfcrc.com.